Welcome to the E-Professor of Real Estate Podcast. My name is Justin Lethby, and I'm a realtor, trainer, and coach. My sole purpose here is to take my many years in real estate, as well as my even many more years as a trainer, and get you to your goals and beyond. I'm going to do this by talking about business, growth development, branding, marketing, you know, basically all successful things that entrepreneurs are doing today. And hey, since I'm your tech guy, there's going to be tech thrown in here as well. So let's go. Okay, so like many realtors out there, we have our stories about eh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or, yeah, that was a lucky moment. So I'm going to kind of run you through my story. And it started in 2008. And I was in real estate now just barely two years and starting not bad, but not as well as fast as I'd like. And there was an agent friend of mine who had just started recently in 2007 getting into the distressed market business, working for banks, doing the REOs and things like that, and was getting... Very, very busy. So busy that she was looking to add help to her business, specifically working with um, buyers that were getting phone calls to buy all these bank-owned properties that were out there. And I said, sure, it would be a great thing to do. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd help get me a little bit more motive, um, help me get a little bit more, uh, you know, accelerated in my business. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do it. Let's have some fun. So we're doing this and. You know, I get phone calls every so often, nothing big, take them out, show some homes. But one kind of stuck with me and it was very early on in the process. And one day I got a call about one of the bank owned properties she had. And this person wanted to make an offer on the property. And I said, hey, great. That is awesome here. Have you seen it yet? And the reason I asked that question is I want to know if they had been working with a previous realtor for you know all those legal reasons we need to worry about. And he said, no, I actually live right next door and I, I know the property well and I would just like to make an offer. I don't need to look at it. So, oh, okay. I said, great. So I asked him when we could meet and he said he couldn't meet until the weekend. I said, fine, why don't you come to my office and you'll meet there. And I said at about nine o'clock in the morning, let's meet at the office. And he said, great, no big deal. So I get there. I get to the office early. I'm one of those people that always like to get to the office early. I turned on several lights, uh, not for any other reason besides the fact that it was early in the morning. Just wanted to make it look a little more alive in there. I was the only one there at that particular moment. And when I did that, I was turning on lights and and I was getting ready, starting to get the paperwork ready, sitting down. And when I just got ready to sit down, I see a car pulling. I go, okay, that must be the person. And what was very interesting watching this car pull in and then park into here was that when they did this, he did not come out of the driver's side. He came out of the passenger side. And I went, okay, that's interesting. Not bizarre, but interesting. You know, we all have our stories. No big deal. We'll just kind of keep that in the checklist. And when I did that, I watched him pull in. He pulls out. He steps out to the side, grabs uh, what a appeared to be a sports coat, and he put it on. So it looked like he was trying to dress up a little bit for this um, 
event and no big deal. I didn't worry about it a whole lot. So when I opened the door, I actually saw that, you know, his slacks weren't slacks at all. They were actually PJ bottoms and it kind of caught me off guard. And I just said to myself, you know, it's kind of interesting, but again, just kind of said, no, you know, I kind of had that scratch of the head back a moment right there and and just kind of proceeded forward, shook it off a little bit and showed them to the front office. There's an office right when you get in, right there with a window there. It was really nice. I set them in there. I said, give me just one second. Do you want water, coffee, anything like that? And he says, no, glass water's fine. So I went and got him some water and and you know, finished up the paperwork that was being printed on the printer, came over and put it in front of him, and we were getting ready to make the offer. And he was writing the offer, and it was, to be honest, completely low. And that's not unusual, not a big deal. It's typically what happens, not anything huge. But I did tell him at that point in time that you know, just beware that they may or may not come back with an offer. This being as low as it is, they probably will just say no and not counter. I said, just to give you a heads up, but you do what you want. I'll be I'll happy to be submitting this for you and, and we'll go from there. And we're making small talk back and forth, trying to understand one another a little bit. And I handed my business card and I said, you know, I, you know, we'll let you know. And while he's looking at it as he's walking out the door, as I'm kind of escorting him outside, he sits and looks at my name and my tag for real estate is professor of real estate. Now I know I'm the e-professor, but this was professor of real estate. This was for the consumers that are out there. And he looks at it and he goes, Professor Real Estate, that's kind of a neat, catchy tag. I said, well, thanks. I guess I spent some time making sure it was right. And, you know, just kind of scored him out the door, put that out. And when he left, we were good. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I got done, my heart was racing. I was um, actually just trying to I was shaking my body a little bit, just trying to get some of that jitters out. And I was just taking it for making the offer, right? Getting excited over that. You'll see a little bit later that that may not been the case so as much. About 48, maybe 72 hours later, I hear back from the agent representing the bank. And they did just as predicted. They turned the deal down. Straight down, no counter, no nothing. It was well with outside their range. They didn't feel like doing that. So they just said, thank you, but no thanks. And so I gave him a call and I let him know that. And he, you know, was disappointed, said, oh, that's, you know, that's not what I was hoping to hear. Not irritated, nothing like that. But, you know, you could hear the stress in his voice. I just took it as disappointment and kind of moved forward with it. But before he got off the phone with me, he made um, what I would consider a little bit of a squirrely comment. He goes, that Professor of real estate tag, you have to remove it. That is such a condescending term. And I went, I was taken back. I went, okay. So thanks for the tips. Thanks for the advice. I will, I will definitely um, take it under advisement and, and see where I need to go next. And didn't even say bye, just kind of hung up the phone. Um, just so you know, want to backstep just one real step quick. I said, you know, let me know how you want to proceed. Do you want to make another offer? Do you want to do whatever? And you know, he said he would think about it, before, and that was right before he made that professor comment. Well, a couple days later, he gives me a phone call. It was probably about Wednesday or Thursday of that week. He gave me a phone call, and he goes, hey, I, I do want to make another offer, but before I do this time, I, I want to come in and, and look at the house. I said, okay, great. Let's go do it. I said, really, for me, the only time I have available for this to happen now, I'll be honest with you, I had a lot of time available this week. 
It was the market was slower, things like that. Something made me say that. It was not planned. Something made me say that. I said, I really don't have time before Saturday to do this. Because that's perfect. We can we can do it Saturday morning. I said, okay, great. So I said, how about like 9 30, 10 o'clock? He said 10 o'clock. That's fine. So we went over and I met him at the place at 10 o'clock to let him in. And sure enough, just like he said, he, while I am waiting for him, he walks out of his house to come check this out. And as I'm undoing the combo, he comes next to me again. We're making small talk. Nothing really huge that's going on there. Just the conversation never felt natural, never felt right in there. Something just always felt a little weird about the whole situation. But I just kept pushing along, figuring, okay, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my inexperience. Maybe it's something that I am not doing. Maybe I am not doing what I should be doing. I'm not building that relationship. I have no idea one of the things to go on. So he looks at the house. He does this stuff. We kind of, he looks out the back door a little bit, looks out there. Um, It's right off the river. So he's seeing that. He likes that. You know, and he's starting to make comments about how bad the neighborhood is. And the neighborhood isn't great, but he just keeps making comments about, how everything goes on, how he's got to protect himself, how he's got to do X, Y, and Z, just, you know, making these comments. And, you know, I'm just listening to him saying, oh, that's interesting. I said, you know, I've been around here. I guess I didn't realize it was like that, you know, kind of comments like that. And we're just talking and he says, okay, I think I've seen enough. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to make that offer, but, you know, let me think about it. There's more that's wrong than I thought. Again, a common comment that you had right back then. So it wasn't a big deal. That didn't do anything for me. But when we did this, he goes, hey, um, you know, we're done. Do you want to come in and check my house? You know, I told you a little bit about my house and what I've had to do. Do you want to come check it out? And I said, okay, you know, that's fine. And we start walking. I locked out our house first and he starts walking and I catch up to him. We were not too far away. He's only probably 10 feet away from me at this point in time. I'm walking up to him and and I start walking to the front door where he doesn't do that. He walks between the houses towards the back door. And I went, okay, interesting. And when we do that, we walk in, we walk up his back porch and into his house. And his house is dark, um, scary dark. It's pitch black almost. It's you, know, you don't see much that's out there. You don't see much that's going on with this house at all. And... Um, so I start walking in there. My eyes start adjusting a little bit. Now, luckily I hadn't walked very far yet. Cause it, while it was dark, it wasn't that bad. It's just the way the lights were at that point in time. But when you walk, you could see the front of the house from the back of the house and the front of the house made me beyond scared, made me beyond nervous. Um, my neck, my neck hairs went straight up. I was, um, very scared. Just to give you an idea what I'm talking about, the door was boarded shut. The window to the right was boarded shut, right? It had two by fours across. It was protected. Now, again, remember, he's talking about how bad the neighborhood break-ins, things like that. So, you know, things could be what they are. It didn't sit right with me. And I'll give you an idea what it sat like to me. The first thing that walked in my head when I walked in there was the silence of the lambs. That's all that walked through my head. It just looked like it to me. It just looked super scary. So I stopped basically at the back door. Um, Luckily, there was a chair right there next to the back door. So I just kind of took a seat right there. I did not move. We talked for maybe five minutes in my head. In those five minutes, I'm going, how do I get out of this? How do I move on? How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I? And 
finally, just off of instinct, I, I kind of pat my side and I grabbed my phone. Now, back then, this was several years ago. It, there were only flip phones. You didn't have the smartphone. So I had to kind of flip my phone on. You couldn't tell what's going on. I said, oh, I got a text. I said, I saw, you know what? There is an issue going on in my office. They, they need my help. I got to go. And he said, okay. And he didn't get up. I just got up. I walked out. I said, hey, good luck. Let me know how I can help, how we can do things. And, you know, we'll go from there. He goes, yep, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll let you know. And if I decide to proceed forward, I'll give you a phone call. I said, hey, great. I wish you the best of luck. You know, stay safe. We'll talk soon. Well, first place, I never heard from him again. It does not surprise I did not hear from him again. I, I don't believe he was the one that purchased that property. I don't know. It did get purchased. I don't believe he was the one that did it. Now, I tell you this story. I tell you this story because there are huge learning lessons from this story. There are amazing things that come out of this that I'm hoping you kind of get to learn. I just want to kind of talk about those tips out there that hopefully you can do and you can see and you can recognize. Now, I'll tell you from now, I recognize these at hand. Most of this for me, from a lucky perspective, was extremely instinctual. Uh, it did not do anything. Everything for me was fairly instinctual. And how I handled it was not by training. It was by instinct. Now, I do prefer have training. I've gone through plenty of training now to recognize things and how to look at my environment a little better. But these are things that I've learned from this and the things I just want you to learn. So the first thing is recognize those bad situations. When you are out there, recognize those situations that don't feel right. And I, it's my first thing that I say is trust the back of the head moments, right? You heard me say that I kind of, when I first met him, scratched the back of my head. Now, I don't do that every day. I don't do that hardly at all. It's not one of those things I do. I would say more of my nervous habit is to, is to rub the top of my head more or less, um, that. But when you, you know, trust the back of the neck moment, the back of the head moment, I think those things are huge. I think your body is telling you something in those environments. And I think the other thing is the huge lesson I learned from this is chase the relationship. Don't chase the transaction. If I would have spent more time talking with this person, I might have had a better opportunity to understand who this person was. What they did, I couldn't tell you what they did, what they do, what they, um, what their goals are, who they are, what they like to do. You know, understand who they are, build the relationship. I was chasing the transaction. Like I said, my first two years weren't bad, but they were not anywhere where I wanted them to be. So I was quite literally chasing the transaction. And this led me into a situation that made me personally uncomfortable. Who knows? This person might have been. Um, completely okay. The situation that they had with their house could have been just based on the environment around them and the nervousness they had for the environment around them. I don't know that. I didn't truly ask those questions or truly try to understand those answers. So I don't know those situations, but all I know is what I did put me in a situation that made me uncomfortable. Two, I'm going to tell you some tips that I think that put these things into my favor. Now, let me understand this. Again, I didn't do these things based on things I learned. I did not do these out of habit. I did not do these out of training. I did these things purely out of instinct, but these are things that I do have in my arsenal now because they worked so well for me. First and foremost, as I said earlier, trust your instincts. 
They're there. They're always speaking to you. Your subconscious is always observing and going on and it is talking to you at all times. And it listen to it. And my instinct right off the front of the door told me things I needed to start listening to and I chose to ignore them. Two, meet in public. Right. That first meet, meet in public. Don't meet at the house. Always meet somewhere. Have a buyer's appointment. Have a listing appointment somewhere in public. Now, I know listing is a little tougher. You're always at their house. But, you know, if that makes you nervous, have a partner with you. But meet in public. Now, the way I did this, and I don't know if you caught this in the story. And again, this was instinctive. It's nothing I did. I went to my office. No one that day was in my office. But I turned so many lights on that it definitely felt like someone was there. And right before he got there, I was printing things. I sent things to the computer. I was sending things to the printer. So when he walked in, there was noises going on in the room that made it sound like things were going on. Now, again, I didn't do that on purpose. That was not planned. That was not staged. That was just what I did. Two, let someone know where you're going in your office, your family, your partner, your spouse, whatever it is. Let them know where you're going, what you're doing, when. And kind of give them your agenda. Always what's going on there. I did not do this in the situation. I was in the office, so this was not happening. Even on that Saturday, no one knew where I was going to be. So <clears throat> that wasn't going to happen. That was going to put me in, in, but I did not do that. But always meet somewhere and then tell people where you're going. Part of that, to let people know where you're going, is know your office policy. Some offices have very big policies about they want you to kind of check in and check out type of thing. Some offices don't, but most offices do have a, a policy or a procedure that's in place to let you know how you can call someone and identify when you're in a situation that makes you nervous. Our office had what was called the red file policy, right? I, uh, Hey, Tammy, you know what? Can you, from the office, pull the red folder on 1515 ABC Street? They know at that point in time that I'm at that address and there's a situation. So they either need to bring somebody or call somebody. Now, again, most offices in these days are teaching you not to use the red file because people are becoming accustomed to that term, but have something in place that's out there. Have an exit strategy. Notice when I walked in the door, I stopped at the back door. Never put yourself between yourself and the exit. Never put yourself between the person and the exit, right? You need to be the first person that gets to exit out of a situation. And then if you get the opportunity to learn some basic defense, the basic defense in there, you know, go take a go to your police, local police. They're usually teaching classes these times. A lot of your associations are te teaching self-defense. Again, we're uh, in September. That's our realtor safety month. We do a lot of those things around there, so have that available. Now, last thing here is one of the things I want you to kind of be very aware of is there are tools to also help you stay a little safer. Now, don't use these as a crutch. Use them a tool. Don't, don't avoid the other steps we just talked about. Don't avoid those things that we just got done telling you what to do or I am suggesting you to do. Make sure... This app is there as a tool, not as a crutch, as an additional area of protection. Now, these are all apps. I'm not talking about tasers or anything like that. Always talk to your office about those things. I'm specifically staying away from that conversation. 
But there are apps out there that are available. Most associations or a lot of associations have partnered with an outfit and company called Forewarn. It's a background checker. So when you get those phone calls, they give you your phone number. You can type that phone number straight in and it will give you its their history, right? So you can see that stuff. Now, again, I'm going to put a big asterisk next to that one because please understand, know your state, know your fair housing rules, know those rules and regulations that you have to do with people with criminal backgrounds, right? There are different opportunities that we have to stay cognizant of that we are treating people fairly across all boards. HomeSap's another app that is an app, again, that a lot of MLSs, associations have picked up on. That's available nationwide. HomeSnap is just in short is a searching app that will let you do that, but it actually also has a safety feature in that. So if you're showing a home and you're within a thousand feet of that home, you can start this HomeSnap safety feature. And if the timer goes off, you're going to set a timer. If the timer goes off, it will send a text message to whoever you have notified on your list that need to be notified. And it'll send a text out saying, hey, this person did not turn off the timer. You may want to call them. Their last known place was boom. Then you have other apps, Be Safe, Life360, even Google Locations is kind of a GPS tracking solution. So if you have that with you and you have your phone on you, they will kind of track and let you know. All of them, minus the Google Location, also has kind of a little panic button that's available. So if you have that with and you have it on, you can hit the panic button, make a loud noise. It's going to automatically send messages to your appropriate people. And these are really simple tools that will help you move forward. And then the last, there are other tools out there that are available. And if you go to NAR, and there will be a handout, there's going to be a little resource guide for you to look at as well. I'm going to have the link in there. That has the various tools. Now I'm giving you all the ones beforehand that are free. NAR has all, have some of these tools, but more, and they do have some cost for you, but I want you to get started. I want you to get started using some of these tools today. Told you the story for one simple reason. I want you to be safe. I want you to make the right decisions, but I do not want you to be scared to do your business. We do have to be realtors. We have to go out. We have to meet people. We have to go meet people every day and new people every day. But do it in such a way that will make you safe. Do it in such a way that is going to make you want to continue to do this business. Nine out of 10 times, probably 9.9 out of 10 times, it is perfectly great experiences, perfectly great environment, and you're going to do wonderful in this business. And I can't wait to see you on our next episode. So we'll talk to you then.